0: This is a BYU Sports Nation special. A great BYU Sports Moment play-by-replay. Presented by the BYU Store. Now, here are your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan.
1: BYU Sports Nation play-by-replay ready to roll back in production. Controller 1 at BYU Broadcasting, we are privileged to welcome in the head football coach of BYU, Kalani Satake, alongside Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. It is time we review one of the instant classics in BYU football going back to 2019 at Tennessee. We've come up with a number of nicknames for it. Perhaps we can lock one down today. The Micah Miracle, the Rocky Top Revival. I've heard some others, but Coach, uh, we're really excited to go through this game with you and just kind of watch it together as uh, some guys watching football.
2: Yeah, looking forward to it. It was a, it was a really fun moment. And uh, you know just being out there and being able to relive it—it's—it's it's, it's really exciting for me to be here.
3: Ninety-two thousand fans go to this game, and there was a large contingent of Cougar fans. What do you remember about the atmosphere?
2: Yeah, it's—it's it's seeing the uh, the royal blue at a lot of different spots, and I mean they—they they were even they had like two main spots, but then they're scattered throughout the the whole um, the whole stadium. And at the end of the game, they're trying to hustle to get to the rest of the group, you know. And uh, I don't know, it's just been—I think that's looking at at. Um, Just our our fans and and, um, everything that Cougar Nation is about. I think uh, that's the one thing that I always admire the most is the the fans that were there that made the trip, that were in the region, but also the fans that watched it on TV and the welcome that we had when we got back into Provo as well.
1: Everybody remembers the dramatic moment with under 20 seconds where Micah Simon catches a pass from Zach Wilson and gets down the sideline that sets up the game-tying field goal. But there are several other Critical moments that kind of get lost in the shadow of that. So we'll break down all of those, all of the emotions. You sprained your ankle. You know, <laughs> that happened. Whatever. We're, we're gonna we're gonna tackle all of it. Uh, no pun intended. Um, but when you think about what was going into this game, BYU hadn't started a season 0 and 2 since 1995, coming off a loss to Utah. So what kind of urgency did you feel going into this game at Tennessee?
2: Well, we knew the the, the difficult part of getting out there and being in the East Coast and. Um, being in SEC country, and we knew that there's going to be a lot of excitement. And um, looking at the game, Tennessee had lost the week before, and, and to surprising uh, Georgia State, you know. And so I think that uh, knowing that we were going to get them re- um, bouncing back from a loss, and knowing that they're going, to, we were in the same situation. I think it was two teams that were going to battle, and it was a hard-fought game. I mean, that um, I, don't, I don't think the elements really bothered us as much, but, and the, the atmosphere was really, really an, uh, an enjoyable one, even though we were in hostile territory but uh, the at the end we were able to um, rely on each other and understand what we played for and I'm glad that we got the result that we had but there's a lot of sub stories in between everything there's a lot of different things that happened throughout that week and especially in that game that were really exciting and looking forward to sharing some of them
3: this win has aged nicely too if Tennessee didn't win a single game all year it would still be a nice win because it's SEC and it's on the road but Kalani since 98 BYU beaten uh, six Power Fives that ended up with at least eight wins. So it's 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 rare, right? So this ends up being a nice win because Tennessee ends up winning eight games. They were a good team.
2: Yeah, they started kind of rocky, and then I think in the uh, they s- finished the season with a six-game win streak, won eight games, and they finished third in the SEC East, I think behind Florida and Georgia. You know, so uh, they were really competitive, and then they did some great things. And they were kind of like us, you know, young team still trying to figure some things out, but. Um, At the end of the year, I think going into the next season, -season preseason-wise, they're getting a lot of attention and and possible some preseason rankings.
1: Now, we should mention that Tennessee hadn't started a season 0-2 since 1988, so I'm glad you brought that up. There was real urgency on both sides. What do you remember about pregame, locker room speeches, the atmosphere, the feeling of your guys? If if you can take us back there, what, what comes to mind?
2: Well, I just remember how how um it was really hot when we got there you know the, <laughs> just the uh, the humidity but um it was really cool just to see all the fans kind of trickling in and getting getting their seats and then the uh the, the atmosphere was so electric it was awesome and and there's not not really anything needed to say by me you could just feel it in the air and our players were excited to get back on the field and and knew that um you know what we were facing and, and there were times that we were down and things looked really rough but uh, the resiliency in our players and in our fan base just believing uh, made it all worth it. And, and so looking forward, we were looking forward to the game, and more than anything, just antsy to get back out there and compete again. You've played and
1: coached in some outstanding venues. Where does Neyland Stadium in Knoxville rank among your experiences as a coach and player?
2: Oh, definitely up there because of the history and tradition. And, uh, I mean, it's you're reminded by all the banners that are around there, you know, and the national championships, but also the players that have played there, the coaches that have been there. And um you could see the the expect expectations that their fan base has for their team, you know and and uh, I think that's really comparable to what we have you know and 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 uh, I think they were surprised by the amount of fans that traveled to that game. I think um we talked about it we we have we get so much support from our fans uh, regardless of where we play, and that's a huge part of uh, allowing our players to feel at home and feel comfortable when you get there, and the fans are out there to greet the bus. And then we get out there for pre-game warm-up and there's some booze. but then there's a loud cheering group, you know. um, And it doesn't really matter where. Everywhere that we've been, we've always had great fans, and and in most cases more fans than than what the uh, opponents have have even predicted or even expected.
3: Okay, give us an idea of the coin toss just happens. What emotions are you feeling right before kickoff?
2: Oh, I'm just excited to see the guys play. And then just, um, you know, you get those butterflies. I think I get it more now as a coach than I ever did as a player. But you just um just excited for the boys and the the opportunities that they have and then they've worked so hard. I've been with these guys for so long throughout the year and the preseason and the fall camps and spring and off season conditioning and um they only get the twelve guaranteed spots to to compete, you know, and um hopefully they stay healthy the whole time. But uh just to see those guys go at it and, and um just enjoy their moment. I think this was this one of those times where you talk to the players that they were just expecting um, a great competition and expecting to perform their best.
1: We have set the stage adequately. I'm ready to roll. <laughs> Let's watch this game and bring in some of the players. Micah Simon, the receiver who caught the Micah miracle late in the fourth quarter, and Brady Christensen, offensive lineman that helped BYU push to a win in double overtime. Don't go anywhere. BYU Sports Nation play-by-replay. BYU Tennessee continues after this.
0: BYU Play-By-Replay is presented by
2: Deseret First Credit Union. You know why. We show how. And Intermountain Healthcare, healing for life.
1: Welcome back to the BYU Sports Nation Play-By-Replay. It is a special in Knoxville, Tennessee, alongside Kalani Satake, the head coach, now offensive lineman Brady Christensen, and receiver Micah Simon joining us as well. Um, okay, we, we've set this up with the coach. Like, and I'm already feeling the emotions of this game again. I can't imagine what you, what you guys are going through in the, as we relive this thing. But uh, should we watch a little football?
4: Let's do it, okay, okay,
1: here we go. Into the second half, BYU and Tennessee. You're trailing by 10 coming out of the halftime locker room. And in about two plays, I feel like this is where a significant shift in the momentum and atmosphere of this game happens. Kavika Fanua is going to come up and make a play that will change everything. So, Coach, what was the message to your team coming out of the halftime locker room down 10?
2: Well, we we knew we have not played our best yet, you know, and we knew that uh, that first half wasn't what we were capable of doing. And we knew that uh, defensively we came out and just tackled well. Even on that play that you just saw, we had a couple missed tackles that could have kept the game from being, you know, seven or eight yards or six yards. But uh, we just knew that if we just kept, playing and make it hard for them to earn earn it, you know, we would be in a good position. Um, and, you know, I, I think for the most part, they, got, they rolled off some big plays because of our lack of execution and technique more than anything. And we, we just remind our guys to go back to the basics and focus on the fundamentals of the game and then get us back into it. And we knew that if we did that, good things would happen.
1: All right, third and four. Micah, from your perspective, you're watching this game, and you see... A big defensive shift. What does that do for you emotionally as you watch a play like this, and you're able to get back on the field with the offense in a short field?
4: Yeah, it really changes everything. You know, especially the momentum of the game. You know, we, as an offense, we knew that our defense was going to come up big for us at some point, and and it, it it was the third play of the half of the second half, and when you you have all the confidence that you're going to score when when they get a interception like that and it's inside the 20 you, you, you just already know it's you, that's that's our job we got to go punch it in now
2: you know your coach is excited you, you just saw the emotions <laughs> of that well we just we just talked about this situation and and the plays that we can get from our our, our droppers from underneath and um you know we had a couple of plays in the first half where we were really close to getting this play and um just glad that it worked out I think uh, Kavika had his eyes in the right spot and um, you know, we had pretty good coverage from the rest of the guys, and then uh, he was able to come from with a, come up with a big play, had up some pressure on the quarterback, which is a big part of uh, getting success on on getting these turnovers.
1: Well, and let's not forget that there was a near interception in the end zone in the first half on Tennessee's first touchdown by a linebacker. So, I have to feel good to secure that one mm-hmm. and get your offense back on the field. Okay, Brady, you're on the field.
0: What's the game plan right here? On the field, go score. I mean, we're on 20 yard line. Uh, you have to score from there. You got to score TDs, and so. That's what uh, Coach Mateos told us. He's like, you guys have to go punch it in right now. Go give it all you got and go punch it in and make this a game.
1: You had been very set on establishing a run game and were patiently doing so. Why did you feel like you would have success against that Tennessee front?
0: Yeah, they played uh, very aggressive. They had a lot of twists and lots of blitzes and stuff. And so we knew if we just were patient, eventually something was going to hit. Eventually someone was going to be out of position for a split second, and we knew it, it was, something was going to hit eventually.
1: Second down here, Zach gives to Tyson Williams, and here is that run game, setting up third and more manageable. Um, now you go to a decision time. So, Coach, where are you in this process? Are you are you saying, hey, Grimey and company, you, you, you take it away, or are you chiming in on these third down calls?
2: Well, I always want to see what the third down play is going to be first before we decide to go for it on fourth or kick the field goal. And so um, I don't want them to feel like they have to get it all in one play, but we – I think I think they had a good play call here. I think it was, this is was the draw play, and um, you know I, I thought our they guys were going to in position. Dude. Yeah,
1: so the, oh, they're right. You're right. Micah knows the timeouts coming. I
4: was, <laughs> <So that play laughs> was, was going to get the ball. So that play was going to God. you. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, what was the call there? So we had a we had an option route that we ran earlier in the in the first half where we converted a first down. It was an option route, and I was wide open the first time we ran it. So they called timeout to to kind of switch the defense. So then we switched the play here. Had an RPO. And uh, like Brady was saying, Michael uh, with
2: a great block there,
4: uh-huh. beautiful block. <laughs> like Brady was saying, you know, though, Tennessee ran a lot of twists and stunts, and and it worked right into our favor, into into the run play, and, and they blocked it up perfectly.
1: You t- you take advantage of that stunt that they run. You finally get into the end zone. What what are the emotions of finally breaking through to score a touchdown?
0: And you're just so excited. It, I mean, it's only down by three now. It's a game again. Um, it's close. And it's just fun to watch this because on third down, they were bringing 5 6 every down. And so this play was just a perfect play call by Grammy, and, and it worked out. a uh, Beautiful block by Micah. I love seeing that as an offensive lineman. Watch this beautiful right there. Perfect.
1: Oh, and you got serious credit from it from uh, a national championship <laughs> winning quarterback, Greg McElroy, who was calling the game. Uh, by the way, Tyson Williams doesn't have his name on the back of his jersey. Um, what, what's the story there?
4: Uh, he was running too hard in the first half. Tennessee, <laughs> Tennessee got a little upset, so they ripped it off from, uh, I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the nameless wonder <laughs> scores to make it 13-10. And isn't it interesting how three plays into the second half, you were banking on your defense making a play. You put the pressure on them. They come up with that. And Brady said, you've got to score touchdowns. You go and you do that. And so we've got an entirely different ball game now, literally five minutes of real time uh, after you come out of the locker room.
2: Yeah, and just going back to the basics is what got us back in, into the game. everyone doing their assignments and everyone executing, in the fundamentals of football. I mean, something simple. If if Micah misses on that block, it probably becomes a fourth and one or two, or maybe uh, if then Tyson has to find a way to power through and make and, and make the first down conversion. You know, but the fact that he blocked downfield and did a great job and got in the way of the others in their pursuit uh, allowed Tyson to turn it into a touchdown. That, that's that's. Uh, that's the equivalent of our guys just giving uh, you know, as much as they can and, and really relishing their role. That's one thing that I've really valued in these two that are here, that the, their role is not just um, as, as a, whether they have the ball in their hands or if the, if the play is coming to their side of the, of, of the line. They're going to do everything they can to maximize their potential and make sure that they do their job 100%, and, and that's the result of it. It doesn't need to be anything special or anything extra. just the guys uh, relying and depending on themselves and having confidence in each other.
1: How much of an impact does the buzz and the atmosphere of a stadium like that make on the offense? What's that like trying to communicate and work through that?
0: Up uh, front, it is really hard. I remember we have uh, like a silent snap count. Obviously, James is the one that says hike. Um, but that didn't even work. You couldn't hear a clap, you couldn't hear a hike, you couldn't hear anything. It was it was crazy, I've never experienced that. It wasn't just third down too, it was first down, second down, and third down, it even notched up even more. And so we had to change the snap count completely, like after a couple of drives. And, and that was hard, because you just kind of fell out, out of rhythm, because um, you're so used to hearing everything, And but you had to watch the ball because you couldn't hear anything. And so it just kind of threw some of us out of uh, out of whack for a little bit.
4: Yeah you know, really echoing off of what of what Brady was saying. I remember the very first play of the game, we either had to delay a game or or a false start and it was already loud, but then it got louder. And then I remember just waiting for the next play, I kinda just looked around in the stadium and I was just like, <laughs> Man <laughs> It was crazy. I was like <laughs> Like I'm glad I receiver, I just look at the ball and just <laughs> go, that's when I you know, get on my route and stuff, but It's, you know, those are the stadiums you love to play in and the games you love to be a part of. And, you know, glad, glad I was able to be a part of that.
1: Yeah, well, if you thought it was loud then, uh, certainly it was loud as we come down the home stretch. Micah. BYU gets the ball back down 16-13. There's a minute and one second on the clock. According to ESPN's Football Power Index and their percentage numbers, BYU had, like, a 1% chance to win the game at this point inside your own end zone. What's, what's the plan right here? What are you trying to do with a minute and one seconds?
4: Uh, anytime you're in a two-minute situation, you, you want to have a positive play with your first play, <laughs> and we had a negative play with the penalty. So that kind of you know, set, sets you back a little bit, but with, with the time on the clock, you kind of need chunk plays also. you got to move the ball you know, 10, 15, 20 yards at a time to be able to get into field goal range. Okay,
1: coach needs a hug right now uh, uh, on, on camera.
0: How happy are you that it wasn't you, Brady? I got to back Nanu up on this one. He Number 19 is probably, I would argue, one of the best SEC pass rushers in all of SEC. And so he's super quick. That's a tough block. Just got unfortunate, got a little out of position, and got the flag. But Nanu played great all game other than a couple of plays.
1: Okay, so the chances of uh, now winning the game go down. You're inside the end zone, Zach Wilson scrambling, scrambling, and the play that Matt Bushman makes right here, coach, saves the game. I mean, yeah, that ball's probably going to be intercepted.
2: Yeah, really heads up, because, I mean, that, that was going to be an interception. He had to play a little bit defense there, and, and um, you know, probably not the best throw from Zach, but he's trying to create something, and uh, this is, uh, you know, Matt just, just being smart, and, uh, you know, I, I'm glad that he was able to do that, because it gave us a chance, you know, and... and uh, I know, I know we're backed up and, and everything's going against us right here, but uh, there's a lot of guys on the sideline and on the field that we're believing, and obviously, you know, others praying for help. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there are many collective prayers happening. Second and long, still very deep in your own territory. Uh, what's the play call right here, Micah?
4: This is uh, our all-verts play with the shallow from the from the back. And, uh, yeah, I mean, on, on this play, Tennessee did a great job of, of keeping guys back and, and, and forcing, forcing Zach to kind of try to make something happen. You know, we all hoped we, we could have got out of bounds to kind of calm us down a little bit, but clock's ticking. And no timeouts no left. No timeouts. And it's under
1: 20 seconds. Is it
4: the same play call? Same, same play, just different formation. Keep Micah a, keep Simon. The back in to protect.
1: Top of the screen. And
2: hello,
0: <laughs> run, run Unless, Unleash the trailer Kalani runs a 4 5 forty
1: catching up to you, Micah Down the sideline And all of a sudden you first and 10 Well within field goal range But you still got to get up and spike the ball Now, if you, if you have a false start penalty right here There's a 10-second runoff potentially And the game's over, right?
0: You, you got to execute this, Brady Right I mean, when we're practicing this in practice A simple spike, you just don't move you just make sure, because you're right. If you, we fall started, we're done for. So we just get on the line, get set, and then don't move.
1: Micah, how in the world do you get open right there?
4: It's a good question.
0: I mean, it's you know,
4: I think the corner just uh, thought you know, since it was third, third and medium, I would probably sit at the sticks and then try to get out of bounds. And he just had bad eyes and was able to was able to get uh, get behind him. And then Matt, you know, the great tight end he is, was able to draw a couple guys his way and. And, yeah, I was able to get open. You look pretty tired. Bro, I was so
1: <laughs> tired. <laughs> okay, and now there's serious nerves happening. It's like, hey, we made a great play, but now we've got to make the field goal. Oh, yeah. I, didn't,
4: I didn't watch.
0: You did I, not watch no, it. I didn't also. either. I I didn't watch really? It. You nah, couldn't watch? I, I was just sitting down and just trying to stay calm.
1: Coach, from your perspective, where you saw the ball, were you wondering if it went in?
2: Well, I usually look for the crowd to see a response, but they were all saying miss. Like, I think you can see it here. They were cheering a little bit. And so I obviously looked to the refs and just, you know. It <laughs> it's close. And then they put their hands up, and then uh, from this angle, you can see it. Dude. it was,
4: so I yeah. was confused because I'm listening, and I hear yeah. a lot of, you know, Tennessee fans cheering. But then I also hear our guys on the sideline like, yes, let's go. So then that's when I looked up, and I was like, all right,
1: overtime. <laughs> You're into overtime. Holy cow. Now you got to go and play more football. That's the thing. Like, you expend so much energy and so much emotion, um, but you do have the momentum. And, you know, Tennessee is literally seconds away from winning this game and we're going home and it's 16 13, but now you're into overtime. So how do you guys maintain that emotional high and, and, and bring it back together after that?
4: I think you just keep uh, riding on that momentum we just created. You know, they – took a you know took an uppercut and and we were we were standing up tall you know happy and and knew we were able to keep you know kind of keep this thing going and that's what we uh,
2: rode on
1: Kalani your ankle hurts at this point
2: <laughs> yeah yeah I, I uh
1: <laughs> what happened
2: well I was running down I think I was running down the sideline because I was excited that we made a play but I was trying to get our guy's attention to spike it and and um and someone's headphones were on the ground could have been mine, but I think it was a graduate assistant, so they don't want to admit it. But leaving the headset. Uh, yeah, on I the stepped ground. on it and popped my ankle, and then. Um, but we were able to spike it with one with five seconds left to kick the field goal, so it worked out. I'll I'll break every bone in my body to get a win for these guys. So, uh, that was yeah. Uh, that it didn't really interfere with the with the dancing afterwards either. So, uh, yeah, it, nothing makes your ankles feel better than a win.
1: Did you two realize in the moment that you had just been a part of one of the most iconic? plays in BYU football history not at all when when did you realize like oh that was kind of unbelievable like when did that set in
0: at least for me watching the film like the next day I was like how did we win that game like it was really a miracle I I was watching I was like we should not have won that game and then it just all worked out yeah I think probably later on that night like I, I couldn't sleep
4: when we got back, and I was, you know, still just hype and juiced up. We got back to the airport. There's so many fans still there, and you know, I was getting texts from all types of people, and and, and messages from you know former Blu, you know, greats and stuff. And I was just like, okay, I was like, I guess this is this is a big deal. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was fun, uh, fun memories for sure.
1: The Micah miracle. Takes us now to overtime. Tied at 16 apiece. When we come back, come back on BYU Sports Nation. We'll go into not one but two overtimes as BYU looks to complete the improbable comeback at Nealand Stadium in Knoxville. This is BYU Sports Nation play by replay.
3: Welcome back to this BYUSN play by replay. I'm Jerem Jordan. Great to have you. Micah Simon, receiver Brady Christensen. Tackle and the head coach Kalani Sataki is we now get into overtime So regulation ends Whew, The miracle, just getting to overtime Was something, right? So physically, emotionally Brady, how are you feeling at this point Knowing, okay, that just happened Now we gotta go to OT
0: I mean, I was physically exhausted, it was a hot game But I also was feeling just like I need to stay middle ground I couldn't get too high, couldn't get too low And just go do my job, like Kalani always talks about He says, just go do your job and execute And that was all I was really thinking about at the time
3: could you come down from the high of that play to jump into overtime mentally at that point, or were you still riding 64 yards? Yeah, no, I was I was definitely back locked in, you know, because it's,
4: you know, it was a great play, but it's, if we don't win the game, then it's kind of like it's, it was whatever. So we all had to get back locked in and, and you know, be ready uh, to make another big play if your
3: number was called. And are you tired at this point as well, having run four verticals in a row? Exhausted. <laughs> Exhausted. <laughs> you don't get in game shape until, like, game four so, so
4: all the sprints all the sprints in the summer they they get you you know kind of ready but you don't get
3: you're not ready for overtime i thought i thought it was game one game four that's good to know and kalani are you feeling your ankle at this point or are you just riding on adrenaline
2: yeah i'm just worried about the game i mean I, I think it's just like um i think the pain will come later you know it's for all these guys when they can being a former player myself I, you, you don't don't realize how sore you are until the next day. And you're like, oh, man, like why does that hurt? You know what I mean? And um, it was that one of those moments as a coach just to focus on this and what these guys are doing. And we always talk about, like Brady said, just one step at a time. I've never run a marathon, but I've heard from, from a lot of people that have that you can only focus on the, the, the next step and the, and the next breath of air. So that's what we keep our guys focused on.
3: You played in a game like this at Virginia 2000. Was that um, a human game? September, kind that was of similar? O- yeah. OT, right? Yeah, yeah.
2: That was a fun one too. Yeah, got
3: that one <laughs> as a win. You had a nice block into the end zone. That uh, was right? yeah.
2: Not hey, bad. you know. If you can't carry the ball, you might as well block.
3: Right, Brady? <laughs> right, right.
4: <laughs> exactly. Co- Coach had terrible ball security back in the day. <laughs> Did he? Yeah. He would have like, offensive meetings <laughs> and he would show us, like, this is what you're not supposed Don't to do. Don't do this. this. It's him, like, with the ball. Yeah.
2: Well, I just didn't want to come back to haunt me and be like, well, you didn't do it. It's like, I know. I'm learning. I'm telling you from experience. <laughs> exactly.
3: Yeah. And that's really important as we go into OT here because you uh, get the first possession. So, like you said, you can't turn it over because then they can kick a field goal. So we go right into it, BYU. Gets the ball, loses loses the uh, coin toss. Tyson Williams for one yard here. Uh, Michael, walk me through the mentality as you kind of give us some sound effects there. In OT, getting the ball first.
4: Uh, Yeah, you definitely want to go score. You know, obviously um, the mentality is to get a touchdown, but if it comes down to it, you know, we trust our defense where if we had to kick a field goal, we knew they would get a stop uh, for us. But... Yeah, we had all the all the momentum and confidence man, so we were just rolling at this point and and uh this is a great RPO um slant right here. Ran that play, you know, probably five, 5 7 times that game and and kind of worked every every time. It's pick your poison, you know. Give us the give us the passing or uh or take away the pass, and we'll just run it with, uh, with Ty.
3: And here comes the touchdown. So on the third play of OT, this is a first and 10 from the 15, Talon, shorehand Shumway. Brady, what did you see on this one from your left tackle spot?
0: Yeah, so it was another RPO, and I actually worked upfield because that was my job, and I was like, I hope they don't call a flag on me. That was my <laughs> first thought. Uh, <laughs> but I was just uh, ran down and celebrated. I was
2: pumped.
3: There's Marty Hodge, Tristan Hodge's dad, and, and Cougar Nation's going crazy. Kalani, right here, you've scored a touchdown. You've set the tone.
2: Yeah, and, and you know, the offense did a great job. Zach made a great throw and town with, with a catch here. But I think it's just the, everyone doing their job. You know, that was the main thing, and uh, you see it start to work. And the guys, it, it confirms all your hard work when you start seeing some success like that. I mean, the first first play was a, a one yard game, but it was a physical play too. And our, you could just sense our guys were getting um, were getting a little bit more um, momentum, but they're getting you're getting more energy. You can feel it from the sideline.
3: You had a reaction there, Brady, to that PAT because every point counts, right? If You've got to nail that. Yeah, that's, that's huge. And
0: no doubt Ice Coldroid uh, was going to make it. Ice Coldroid. I Ice love Coldroid. it. Jake the yeah. make. There was Jake some drama make. with that nickname,
3: right? <laughs> uh, Ice Coldroid. Talon Shumley quietly was just really awesome. And, and this was a great play from his senior year. Oh, yeah. Talon, Talon's been
4: probably you know one of the most consistent guys I've, I've ever played with from – From his on-field attitude to off-the-field attitude, how he helps others around him, how he his passion for the game. You know, he's he doesn't say much, but you know, he he loved playing and he you know loved football and you know definitely uh, miss him. And but he's he's got a lot of a lot of great things uh, ahead of him.
3: So there's uh, no time in overtime. So you technically have just scored ten points in one second, which is like physically impossible. But you strike first, and Kalani, at this point, what's the conversation like? with the defense, uh, which we'll hit in the next segment coming up. But you're up seven. You're in a position of advantage right here.
2: We just go back always on the fundamentals. Just tackle well, do your job, uh, and and you know get we'll, we'll create a break for ourselves and uh, just keep believing in each other. I think the the hardest thing is when a guy tries to do more than his job and it interrupts the other ten guys on the field. And so just making sure that everyone does their one 11th.
3: Brady, are you hearing the crowd more at this point now that you're kind of off offense and you're on the sideline and you're hoping for a stop here
0: uh yeah you definitely are but I just remember trying to listen to coach because it's hard to hear him and I was just trying to focus on corrections and because I knew uh, I had trust in the defense but I knew if they scored we'd have to go out again so I was just trying to maintain a level a level like mindset and just kind of stay focused
3: And Micah, at this point, uh, what are you thinking in terms of? Okay, I got to be ready. Slash, hey, could we end this in maybe one play on a turnover or something?
0: Yeah, I
4: was, I was definitely, you know, same mindset as Brady of of communicating with coaches still. You know, telling them what I just saw on those few plays we were out there. Kind of, uh, you know, I in the last parts of the game, I saw a lot of Tennessee's mindset. You know, they were. Kind of a little down on themselves because they, you know, the game really flipped in you know ten seconds. So we were saying, you know, attack this guy, attack this guy, and you know, uh, so I was doing that. But then also I was I was on my feet on on the field pretty much like you know yelling at the defense and encouraging them. And I remember our strength coaches kept pulling me back because I was like too far out there. But you know, <laughs> I just I was so excited and, and so you know so juiced up. I just knew we we, we were going to win this.
3: Who's the get back guy on the sideline? Oh, we
4: got uh, AJ, yeah. uh, coach, coach AJ, Coach New, Justin. Justin. All the strength and conditioning yeah. guys. They're yeah. the get All back the, guys, yeah. right? <laughs>
3: get back! They that's, were on the That's side really important. Yeah. yeah. They the and they got long. the streak, Red. Right? You got to listen, right? <laughs> you have to. Okay. BYU's up seven. Tennessee's going to get the ball after the break. And then BYU's going to have a chance to win it. Coming up, Tennessee answers on this BYUSN play by replay.
2: BYU Play-By-Replay is presented by Brady Industries, Honestly Better, and Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. That is
3: a, that is a taste of what's coming up. Kalani Satake's passion. Kalani, we know you're a passionate guy, but uh, Brady and Micah, speak, speak to what it is that Kalani brings from an emotional standpoint.
0: Yeah, I mean, just to see how much he loves us and how much he wants us to win. You just want to play your hardest for him. As, as you would play your hardest for your brothers on the field, it's, it's the same type of feeling. Does yeah. that
3: translate emotionally for you? Do you feed off that?
0: Oh,
4: yeah, for sure. You know, he's, he's one of those coaches that, that tries to bring that emotion out of you, and, and, and he'll, he'll get it out of you because he's so passionate and, and he shows it. And he is, he's not shy about it, and that's why we all love him, and that's why everybody, you know, loves to play for him. And, you know, guys continue to, you know, come here to, to play for him. So that's great.
3: Okay, BYU up seven. They've done uh, their job, and now Tennessee gets a chance to answer, and they will. 23-16 uh, here. You guys can only watch this part. So are you are you sitting down preparing yourself because you're so tired? Are you standing up? Where, where are you right now? I've got probably two power in hand or a power on the water, and I'm jumping
4: up and down, incomplete. I'm like, all right, second and ten, let's go. And I'm yelling. You know, like I was saying earlier, I'm getting pulled back off the field. Um, Brady's probably
0: on the sideline because yeah. Coach Mateos is like, <laughs> "All right, guys, we got to." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, he's like, "Everyone, sit down, sit down, guys. We need to talk about every play." And so, but after he was done talking, I was uh, watching. I was still on the bench trying to cool off and dumping water on me and stuff. But yeah, I was into it, man. I was hoping, cheering on the defense. Kalani, it's third and
3: eleven here. You're feeling like, hey, you're you're two plays away. The fans can sense it too.
2: Yeah, you know that's where you want to be. You want to force third and longs, and and uh, you know I think that if we get them into those situations, it should work out well for us. And you have to give Tennessee a lot of credit. They're they're a, a resilient team themselves, you know. And, and you're looking at the type of talent that they have. I think they were they were to dig deep down and were able to make some plays here and then make it a ball game, you know. And this is actually a pretty good play on their side. Garrett Garantano to Josh Palmer
3: here. Instead of a fourth down, it is a first down near the sticks, and it continues. And, and Brady, the, the nervousness and, and uh, strategy of overtime is definitely unique because you don't know if the game could end in one play or you guys are going to run out there in one play.
0: Yeah, yeah it's really a hard mindset because you have the utmost confidence in the defense that they're going to do their job and stop them and win the game. But at the same time, you still got to be ready just in case that doesn't happen and you're going to be back out there and trying to score again. So it's really quite a tricky uh, mindset to have.
3: That was almost a bobbled yeah. snap on that. Uh, Ty Chandler had a really nice game, a one yard run. You love to see that. All those, all those white shirts around yeah. them making those tackles. That
4: I know that gets me fired up. I know it gets Kalani and, and Coach E and Lamb, all those guys fired up as well. You know that's that's what they talk about—the fundamentals of, of, of tackling and, and gang tackling and getting everybody around the ball.
3: Especially at this point of the game, given how tired everyone is, but the momentum has shifted, and uh, you guys could sense that. I think with the, with Tennessee, right. Yeah, for sure. You on know, the field,
4: on the field, yeah. You you knew the the uh, it starts to shift a little bit with everybody's mindset, and it's you know really like a one play game kind of kind of each each play. And that's Excellent a, a, a play by Isaiah Kafusi Kalani. What did
3: you see here?
2: Yeah, I mean that's uh, we've seen this play from before, you know, and you could see a little bit more um, excitement from the players and and uh, the the moment, momentum that we mentioned about earlier. But that, I have to give credit to the players on the sideline and. Guys like Brady and Micah that are able to keep these guys going, you know, and um, it, it was easy. It could be easy on after that third down conversion um, for them to just like, oh, you know, give it up. But I think the guys were able to just, you know, put their feet in the ground and play one play at a time. And and with a shorter field, it, it you can you can it's a lot more condensed. So you can you can take some chances on on defense doing a few things.
3: Third and ten, sixth play of overtime, and Garantano finds Jawan Jennings. For the touchdown, what are you what are you feeling right here?
2: Well, you know, I, I was uh, obviously not excited because they they scored, but I, I felt good about the coverage. I thought it was a great play on their on their part. You, you can't sometimes you do you do your part and and they make a better play, and you have to give them credit for that. I, the timing was so quick, and I thought it was a, it was a, a good uh, good route, you know. So uh, hopefully, we could have got more help from the safety in the middle. But uh, once again, Tennessee is a good team, and they made a play here and. Now the focus is try to get this this uh, this PAT blocked or find a way to to create pressure so he miss it. You know that, and then right now the offense is getting ready to to play and and, and thinking about what they're doing. Defensively, we know we've got to get back on the field again because you're going to go back to back in the next series.
3: So at this point, were you guys already ready to go back on the field, or did you need to see that PAT to be like, okay, let's go back out there?
0: I was ready to go back out when they scored. I mean. PAT, they're going to make the PAT. At least that's got to be your mindset. So I was, I was ready to go.
4: Yeah, that's one of those tough situations because you're you're now eager and ready to get back out there. But like Kalani said, you know, it's college overtime rules is back-to-back and yeah. defense is back out there. So then now I'm just antsy because yeah. we have to go back out there no matter what now. So I'm just antsy and on the sideline. But it's, uh, yeah, another, another chance to cheer those guys on.
3: The facial expressions there were priceless because all the BYU fans are stoked. And Tennessee is stressed. I mean, they lost to Georgia State the week before. Now they're down in OT, and they have to make a play. They had two third down and longs, and they make the play. So we're about to go into double overtime here, Kalani. Uh, What's the conversation like on the sideline as we see some of the – it's just they are a
2: nervous wreck. Yeah, well, it's it's the guys on – I mean, it's it's the players on the team. You know, during that break where we went, we had a little bit of a break going to the next overtime series, and – uh i didn't have to say much the players took over it you could feel the energy um you know, it was a lot a lot like when we beat wisconsin the year before right? or, or was it the year before yes but we, we just you can sense the energy coming but it's it starts from within it starts from the team and it starts with the leaders and these guys are saying things like you know usually coaches have to remind them hey defense let's just hold them to a field goal if we can or get a turnover here and let the let the offense win the game um, but it was stuff that they were saying themselves, and uh, you know you got something special when you when you allow your players to, to to do all the coaching, and and you're there to confirm it and back them up.
3: Right? You said you said you were exhausted, and and Mike said you were t- tired too. At this point, I mean, how much do you have left in the tank? Knowing you have, okay, we have double overtime. Super important here. I mean, I think
0: you can always give more. I think the body is amazing, and so I was just ready to go out there and give it all I had. I was exhausted, but I knew I could give. A little bit more one more drive or two more drives or how many we needed I knew I could muster up the energy to get it done.
3: How quickly is that first play call of overtime decided Michael
0: when when, is it
3: you wait to get out there or did you was it called on the sideline? I'm pretty sure they were talking about the
4: first play for about 10 minutes (laughs) um, on the headset going back and forth looking at the call sheet and uh, once I heard the play I was like, yeah, well, it'll be a positive play for sure. Because it's the same type of uh, attitude you have in a two-minute situation. Overtime, you want to have a positive play on first and ten. And, uh, yeah, I guess we'll we'll get out here and go watch it.
3: And the next week, you play USC and you're in overtime as well. So you guys became kind of these overtime vets quickly, right? <laughs> that was that was a thing that helped? It <laughs> could have been. you <laughs> would rather get taken
2: care of during the it, 60 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, these guys relish in, in pressure and they love the the opportunity to to keep playing and i think i think we when, when our guys are really tired is when you get we get the most out of them and you can dig deep and see how much heart they have and then it's been really proud of the way these guys compete and, the, and the, our leaders specifically um mike has graduated you know but i think he the things he's done as a, as a leader uh, will last in this program for for you know, many more generations and and the, the culture that our our players have bought into the mission of the church and the mission of our, our football program, it's really important, you know, and, and that's connecting the past with the present and, and these guys are able to provide for the future. To
3: double overtime we go, and we are all HIFO. Come on in, BYU to double OT and one of the iconic plays of the past decade in BYU football as we roll on Cougars and volunteers on this BYU SN play-by-replay. Bring on double overtime. BYU Sports Nation
1: play-by-replay continues as we look back at the Cougars and volunteers in the 2019 college football season. We've worked up to this point. BYU miraculously works it into overtime. Jerem just walked through the first possession for BYU and Tennessee in the overtime session. Now we're, now we're into a double overtime scenario. Um, so you, you want to do this, right? Let's do it.
2: Bring it on. Let's
3: do it. It's awesome. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tennessee ball. And uh, you joked that the play had been called for your offense for about 10 minutes, but you got to wait. you got to see what your, your defense does here against Garantano and the volunteers who just scored a touchdown. So uh, how much confidence do you have in your defense at this point?
4: A lot. I knew that there was going to be another, just a big play from uh, from these guys. Man, they they've been battling all all game. You know, the the, the end result, end score might not show. You know, the type of kind of defensive. Uh, mean you know, of battle that they put on. You know, only only letting those guys score sixteen points, but
3: uh. <laughs> the reactions—they are down. in The, the game's dump. not over. I know it's like tried. she's already lost. Yeah, no, Tennessee is really dejected. They really need this. And you guys are coming off the loss of to Utah, you you wanted as well. You guys were very hungry going in this game too.
1: Near interception
3: and another uh, third and long.
1: Another third and long. This time, Garantana. So you, Perfect. your defense is in position. Clearly, he has to go to his dump off route, and it's Perfect. fourth and long now.
4: Yep. And they know you, you know they have to they have to uh, just go for the field goal now. You know you can't
0: risk it and say, all right, let's let's go and convert this. You know. Um, At this point, I knew we were going to win the game.
3: Really, You, you knew right here.
0: here. Yeah, I knew we were going to win. I knew we were going to go score. And whether he made the field goal or not. Yep. I was I was very confident. Why is
1: that? Walk us through that mentality.
0: I don't know. It's just like you just something that you feel like it it just had to end like this. You know, we had to win. There's no other option.
4: (laughs) Great kick. I was was yelling. I was yelling from the sideline to the left, to the left. You know, we do that. I've I've had guys like blow like like thinking that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. but. It worked at
3: Wisconsin, <laughs> right?
4: Yeah, that is true. That okay, is this true.
3: this is an excellent first down play, this reverse to Aleva. Perfect. Walk us through this one, Brady.
0: Yeah, so they, like I said before, they were super aggressive all night, and so this was a perfect play call. You see the DN get a little out of position. I love it. Just uses speed to get around the corner. I and love this about
3: flow. Jeff
1: Grimes is because he he sets up these plays. Like you've been running the sprint option, sprint option, and then all of a sudden yeah. you bring the reverse around. And,
0: and that was hitting all night. The option was hitting all night, and so we knew this was going to hit.
3: And Tyson Williams uh, goes for seven here and sets up uh, you know the last play. Uh, that confidence you talked about Brady. Um, the line. You had a great push here, and and he's going to run behind that block. as will be here in a second.
0: Yeah, I was just giving it all, my all effort. I was like, we got to win this game. Got to push it in. I knew it was going to be up to us too. The O line. Uh, in the end, we we knew we had to run it in. So you felt that burden. Yeah. Okay. Felt it,
3: and uh, you executed on it. So here here it comes, right here. That BYU TV uh, headset looks really nice on Kalani, by the way.
1: Yes, it does. <laughs> yes, it does. Okay, the ultimate push, Brady, and we want you to take us. Uh, into your mind right now it's second and three from just outside the five yard line you know it's going to tyson what yeah. what's happening here
0: we had a little gap scheme i mean Channon and james and all tree and the inside did it all i just kind of came in at the very end to give a little extra push uh terrible ce- celebration Need to work on that but <laughs> but, but awesome it, it 67
3: yeah. one of
0: the best uh, best memories of my life best feelings i've ever felt in my life is unbelievable
3: I got the chills watching that again. Yeah,
4: Micah, how do you feel watching? Yeah, man, I, I got the chills too. It's just, you know, a crazy, crazy game. Something I'll remember forever. You know, tell my, tell my kids, um, you know, how I saved the day or something. Some make up some crazy story. You oh, know, you don't uh, have
3: to make it up; it happened. Bro. <laughs> but, like,
4: but like, make it way more dramatic.
3: like, you know,
4: um, And and yeah, you know, just credit credit to you know the O line really that that whole drive. You know, three three runs in a row. You know, it's. It wasn't. It wasn't on on the receivers.
1: There's a little bit of uncertainty here because they want to take a look and review. At any point, were you worried that they were going to bring the ball back out and set it up at like the half yard, another one yard, and make you run another play?
0: Nah, not one bit. I remember USC because I wasn't on there, and USC I was a little like cons- uh, the pick or whatever. But this play, I knew that he scored, and there was no question. So I was just celebrating.
3: Plus, Colonia had thrown his headset so they couldn't replay. You know, it's just over at that. Yeah, it, it, was over, it, was, over. it was done. Like, Sorry, we can't fix
4: that. Yeah, why, why put us in that situation yeah. to, you know, find? Because I think I threw my helmet. So, like, why, why have to find all our stuff? And <laughs> we probably just ran a quarterback sneak. Like, just, just let us win. <laughs> Let's
1: run this playback one more time and uh, take a look at the celebrations. Mikey, you're split uh, down bottom of the field, bottom of the screen. And uh, a different angle shows your arms just wide open. Just willing, helping everybody will Tyson Williams into the end zone.
4: Yeah, I was just waiting, waiting for the call, really waiting for the ref to put his hands up. Um, but I, with the angle I had, I knew he was in there. And, yeah, jumping, jumping for joy.
1: Kalani's 15-inch vertical on display just a few moments ago. <laughs> okay.
3: You're um, mean. He had, a ba- he had a bum <laughs> ankle. He had a bum <laughs> ankle. And, and I love the idea that Aleva Hifo encapsulates every single BYU fan in that moment. Come on in, come on in, right? Yeah. What were you doing? Uh, you were I was right behind them and I just had
4: my hands up and I was just jumping just just up jumping. and down. Yeah, yeah, jumping just up and down. At
3: that point but, you're a fan like the rest of us.
4: Really? Yeah. yeah you know, I, I had I had a front row seat. Here it is. Micah's on the bottom of the screen there you are.
1: left corner. I'm Boom. like, Oh, he's in. <laughs> <laughs> I love this because the entire offensive line I felt like scored this touchdown. It wasn't just a Tyson Williams touchdown, it was like a collective effort, quite literally.
0: Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, we never score, so we felt like that was our score. We had six people score that play, and obviously everyone else 11, but, like, we, we were pumped about it. We were like, that was our push. Like, you, you take pride in it because, I mean, we don't get the ball every play. So.
3: And that's a strength and conditioning moment too, right? It's double OT. You're in Tennessee. It's early September, it's hot and humid, you've been, you've been so tired, and here you muscle your way into the
0: end zone. Yeah, I mean, you're in the, one of the greatest college venues in front of 90,000 fans. That is not hard to give that much effort in that situation. It was so easy just to lay it out on the field because, I mean, you've dreamed of that as kids growing up to be in that situation. So it actually wasn't hard to give that much effort at the end.
1: And We talked about this earlier with Coach Satake, but this Tennessee team ended up winning eight games. That's a really good victory at the end of the season when you look at it on paper, and it also sets you up for uh, some heroics to next week. What did you learn about in the Tennessee game that helped you uh, get ready for USC uh, in another overtime scenario?
4: Yeah, I think it just showed the kind of, you know, resiliency we had, just knowing we could bounce back after after a tough loss, you know, week one um, against a great team, and then you know coming the end of week 2 and and people could say whatever they wanted to say about them being 0 and 2 and 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 losing you know a couple uh, games early on but that was that was a really great team and and we kind of you know, I can spill all the beans now you know I don't i do not play here anymore but uh, we kind of joked about it later on in the, in the year when somebody asked us, like, oh, who's, like, you know, one of the better players we played against? And I think Tyson and I were talking about it. And he was just like, man, like, you know, that linebacker from Tennessee was, like, good. Or that defensive end from Tennessee was good. And people were like, really? And he was like, yeah, like, better than, you know, USC or better than Dub or Utah. And people were like, wow. Like, we're like, yeah, they were a really good team. They just, you know, we just made a few more plays than they did and, and was able to come out on top. So, it just shows that we were we were able to play with with you know whoever lined up uh, in front of us, and we had the confidence to to go into you know the next week and, and, and be ready to play.
3: They ended up top thirty five in the ESPN FPI. That was notable. Uh, describe uh, at this point, Brady, what the celebration becomes like once the game ends. What happens?
0: Oh yeah, we all go in the locker room. Kalani, even with the bummed ankle, comes in and starts dancing, and <laughs> yeah, he's a great dancer. And so we all went. We supported him, and we all started dancing. Not the whole line as much. We just kind of watched. <laughs> but we're still there participating, loving to see everyone celebrate and stuff. And so it was awesome.
3: And, Micah, uh, the fans, and there were a lot of BYU fans. I, what was the estimate? 10,000? Spencer, uh, you were there. More
1: than that. There were upwards of twelve to 13,000 BYU fans. There. They
3: were so good. They stayed and kind of formed this line, um, uh, this crowd, once you try and get to the bus, right? They were all under the, the stadium. Yeah, I... I uh my phone's always on airplane
4: mode like before the game so I don't see you know any text or anything and then it was just so crazy I didn't even grab my phone until we got on the bus but I was like oh, I wonder where my parents are cuz my parents and and my little brother were there and I was able to see them right when I came out the locker room but there're just you know hundreds of fans right there and you know, I'm trying to enjoy this moment with my with my family, but but also, you know, being you know, <clears throat> excuse me, being you know the nice guy I am. I'm obviously you know taking pictures or autographs and things like that, talking to other fans. But yeah, it was it's a super crazy environment down there by those uh in the in the little tunnel area.
0: <laughs> and I remember there was a, there was cops like escorting us to the bus, and they just expected us to go straight to the bus. And everyone stopped and started talking to everyone, and the cops were just kind of like confused why we were stopping and talking <laughs> to everyone. And that's just kind of how BYU rolls, you know. We to linger celebrate, longer, man. Yeah, linger longer. We celebrate with the fans. Our families <laughs> are all there. And so I think they were surprised, but that's how it always is. And
3: there was a, a cop that was at the game that put on Facebook something very complimentary about BYU, that he became a BYU fan because of how classy BYU was. How you, so you guys it had an, an awesome. impact. Yeah, yeah. yeah
4: it's kind of what we're what we're all about. I mean, you know, more more than just before we even got to BYU, obviously that's that's the mindset we have here, but, you know, where we all come from and the families we're from, it's you know, yes ma'am, no ma'am, and we're all nice and respectful and I don't know, maybe that's just Texas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this was a lot of fun, you guys. Thanks for being with us. Our thanks to your Head Coach Kalani Satake, Micah Simon, Brady Christensen. For Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. BYU Sports Nation, play-by-replay, an all-time classic is the Cougars. Get it done.